Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast, bringing gospel-centered clarity and insight to the whole person. Here, you will find conversations about real issues that we face every day, and thoughts on how to move toward health in Jesus in the middle of those issues. Hosting today's podcast, Jeff Ballard and Ryan Berg, Soul Care Pastors at College Park Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Soul Care Matters podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Ballard, with my co-host, Ryan Burke. And today we've got a great episode for you. We've got a special guest, Dan Nishida, who is a College Park member. And we're going to get the the gift of hearing a good part of Dan's story of something really hard that he walked through and how the gospel impacted him and helped him to overcome this particular struggle. So, The particular struggle that Dan has walked through is the struggle of addiction. Dan, we're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for giving your time. A little bit about Dan before we jump in. Dan is married and he's got one little one and another one on the way. Uh, He works for a family business here in town and he's been a part of College Park for over 20 years And I've known Dan for several years, but I've gotten to know him uh, much better over the last year, maybe 18 months or so, as we've uh, worked together in launching a ministry called Recover, which we'll share a little bit more about kind of the end of our episode. But I want to jump in now to your story, Dan. Starting off, tell us a little bit about how your addiction began. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me here today. It's great to be here. Uh, Appreciate the opportunity. So addiction, that began back when I was about 15 years old. I uh, was a very anxious person growing up uh, just for different reasons. Maybe if it was social reasons or um, I don't know exactly what the pinpoint is on that, but I was introduced to alcohol and marijuana. It felt like for the first time in my life, I had something to uh, alleviate some of the anxieties I had. Getting into it, it was uh, very destructive, but that was the beginning of it. It was a uh, something that was introduced by my friends and I embraced wholeheartedly, um, not only because they were doing it and we were having fun, but it made me feel a certain way that uh, it was just different than what I was used to. It's something that progressed pretty quickly after I got started. So when I first got into it, it was kind of a weekend thing and I would just be hanging out with my buddies, mm-hmm. kind of something to do. But uh, as it progressed, it became a lifestyle. So it became something that I had to do every day uh, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got to college, you upgrade from the lower drugs to something harder and it becomes even worse. So once you open that door, it, um, you fall down pretty quickly. Yeah. So for you, at what point did you realize that you needed help? Was that earlier on or did it take a while for you to get to the point of realizing, wow, I'm, I'm in pretty deep here and need help. Yeah. So uh, being a lifestyle and uh, being something that you um, embrace for yourself. And that's, um, you don't really recognize it until it's, uh, kind of too late. Once you get to that point where, you know, you need help, you're so far into it that it's, you can't do it yourself. The point where I realized it was, um, just a few years ago, I was with my wife and I was abusing some things pretty heavily and I knew I just had no control over it. 
I knew that I, I couldn't do it. I knew my wife couldn't do it for me. I needed something. I needed help. Hmm. I needed help big time. And the moment I realized that, um, I was open to getting some help. So it sounds like there are a number of years between when you started and when you got to the place where you realized you needed help. How did you sort of sustain that lifestyle for that length of time? So that's a good question. Um, you know, all these things cost money, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I was working a lot, you know, a lot of hours when I was younger and I was making a decent amount of money. A lot of that was going to that, uh, to that end. I was also uh, doing other things to help facilitate that. So it was, it's not really sustainable, but as you get into it, you figure out ways to do it. Mm -hmm. You become deceptive, you become uh, something that you never thought you were going to become. And so you find ways to make it happen. It's, it's something that drives you. It's yeah. a, uh, it's, it's a stronghold. It's the, uh, there's spiritual influence behind it that you can't control. And it's a force that's, um, that causes a lot of just a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, mm -hmm. but you find ways. Yeah. You just find ways, whether it's, uh, you know, I never, like stole or anything like that, but I would definitely find ways to stretch the money I had out to make things happen. Or, um, I would be, you know, with the internet these days that also opens up a lot of doors for things that mm -hmm. if you really want to get into something, that's, that's an easy avenue. So it is constantly, you know, the pressure is constant and you're always being, it's all in your face, you know, alcohol ads, whatever ads are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's screaming at you every day. So you find a way. You just figure it out. It's not really sustainable, you know. You it, you end up in uh, in a pit. But in that time, you try to figure out ways. And I would um, I would go for long periods of time using. I would take a little break. Think I would you know I'm going to clean myself up a little bit, and then I would just fall right back into it. Yeah, it's it's something that's so gripping that you, you do whatever you have to, to figure it out. Yeah. So you finally got to the place where you realize I need help. So what did that look like for you in terms of your, at least your first efforts of reaching out for help? So initially I was in a, a pit just at the bottom of use. I was uh, pretty heavy into to using different things. And I initially was kind of, um, not forced, but my wife really pushed me to go get help. Um, she made that initial decision for me. I thought at the time that I was ready as well. Um, but I had something in the back of my mind that I, I couldn't fully let it go yet. But she was the one who initially led me to that decision and helped me to realize I actually do need help. Mm -hmm. I can't do this myself. I can't do it with even your help. Lauren, I need something. I need some people that are trained in this. I need some professional help. Mm -hmm. So I've heard that part of the story frequently from people who walk through addictions that initially they reach out for help, but maybe weren't 100% committed to actually stopping. And it's sort of a process of moving to the place where they're actually, you know, 100% in uh, in terms of overcoming addiction. So once you got to that place, what were some of the key aspects of the help you received that gave you what you needed to overcome your addiction? So the first time I went to, I went to a 30 day treatment at New Day and I had a lot of good people there. Um, I had professionals that were tending to me every single day, um, helping me to um, go through the study plans and, and just 
learn about what was going on inside of my head. They were, it's just amazing how they can uh, spend, you know, just a couple hours per day and uh, basically just tell you exactly what's going on inside your head. And they really help, you know, during that process, it's not only mental help, they're giving you the physical help by, you know, monitoring your medication. They're, they're encouraging you to work out. They're encouraging you to do, um, the things that you need to do. You know, I, uh, the first time I was in rehab, I memorized almost a hundred Bible verses, which I can't even tell you how much of an impact that had on me. Just, just being able to have that time to memorize, um, but it's, it's just time. You need time away from your situation to figure things out and you need professional help to do that. Once you surrender and go to that place and you're willing to, to sacrifice the, the drugs or alcohol, whatever you're holding on to, there are a sea of professionals out there that are willing to take you under their wing and, and just guide you along the process because they've seen it before they see it, you know, uh, all the time. So they're just, they're there to help. And mm -hmm. and I was never, you know, prior to the realization of I need help. I, I never considered that. I thought that was for the birds, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't need that. I can do this myself, but yeah, know, it's not true. You need help. Yeah. So you mentioned that part of the help you received, um, was, was very Christian. So you, you know, they had you memorizing Bible verses, there are a lot of recovery programs out there. Um, some are secular or some are vaguely spiritual, you know, talk about a higher power. Why do you think it's important that Christ be central to somebody overcoming their addiction? I mean, that's, it's pretty simple. Like once you, uh, once you understand it, uh, Christ is the great healer. He's the great physician. There is nobody else that can do what he does. And, you know, when you read through scripture and some of the the gospels and, and you read about him and how he healed people and just the power that he had to do that back then he's alive today and he has that same power. So he is willing and able to help anybody uh, who, who needs that help. You know, we're all sick in some way as people who have struggled with addiction. We need a doctor. We need healing. You know, if you go break your leg, you don't go to the guru on the mountain over there, you go to a doctor. So, you know, he is, he is who he says he is. And he's the only way to fully overcome the addiction because, you know, if you are listening to somebody else uh, besides him, they're going to steer you in a direction that's going to lead you right back to that addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's just a vicious cycle unless you understand that you need help. You need a doctor, you need healing. Yeah. So once you come to him, he welcomes you with open arms and he, he changes your mind. You're it's just, I don't know how else to describe it other than he changed my heart and mind. And it was within a day. It was within, you know, I was in the middle of my rehab on the second time and I can vividly remember, uh, there was a speaker, um, just going over. I don't even remember what he was talking about, but he prayed for me at the very end of that. And I just remember, uh, my mind, like it just, it changed. I don't, I can't describe exactly what it is. It's a change of heart and a change of mind. Hmm. And it's, it's a transformational power that, you know, I've gone through other, uh, tried other ways and done other things aside from him. And it's, <laughs> you don't come to the same end. He, he is the one who 
uh, does it right. He, he created us. He, you know, he's, he knows us inside and out. And it's, I don't know. I, I just always go back to that, that he is the great physician. He's a great healer. And I was actually talking about this with somebody today. One of somebody that works for me, her husband's struggling with addiction and, um, just pointing back to that fact that he is the only one who can do this. If, yeah. if you guys, you know, I don't like to force anything down anybody's throat, but Hey, like I've gone through, I've walked this and I know this and he's the answer. So you may, you may want to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that because it's um, as important as the Bible is. It's not even the Bible that changes what you, what I heard you say, I think is that, it's Jesus himself who, yes, we encounter through scripture, but he's alive and he's a, a real presence to help us with all the range of problems, but with addiction in particular for you, it's right. really, really encouraging. Right. You know, for, for our listeners, uh, for those of our listeners who are people helpers, I'm thinking of maybe small group leaders, pastors, counselors, or just somebody who you know, tends to be one who likes to walk alongside others who are struggling what would you want them to know about addictions that would be helpful for those struggling with it? Anybody out there who knows addiction and who has walked through it knows that deception is a centerpiece of how we communicate. Don't give up on people. Don't let them deceive you in any way. And um, point everything back towards the truth because the truth will reveal everything about a person and anything that's going wrong. So stick to the scripture, stick to Christ and guide those who are struggling in that direction. Um, but just know that, uh, we, we speak a different language, uh, when we're in the throes of addiction. So, uh, just make sure you overcome that language with truth because truth is the only thing that prevails in the end and truth being that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I have a question for you. Um, how long have you been, you know, quote unquote, free from addiction? I've had total freedom for, it's been a year and roughly seven months. Um, so it's been, it's been good. I, uh, yeah. And there's a major difference between um, sobriety and freedom. You know, a lot of people uh, who struggle with addiction are striving to be sober mm-hmm. and you know, Oh, I want to be sober. It's great. I'm sober. Well, that's, that's not really the answer. Freedom is what we're looking for. We're looking for freedom from even having to think about that, that substance or that thing that we are using, because you know, if you're in, if you're sober, most likely you're still going to think about that, that substance. Mm-hmm. And cause I've been there, I know what it's like. You, you, you're like, Oh gosh, dang, I can't ever have a beer again in my life or I can't do this. But once you're free, once you have Christ, once he opens your eyes and, um, changes your heart and mind, you see that <laughs> those things are a trap and they will, and they're going to ruin you in the end. So, uh, strive towards freedom. We, we, we need freedom in Christ. That's, uh, you know, sobriety is one thing, but freedom is, is what Jesus offers. And that's, that's what I have. And that's what, you know, that's what we all need. Yeah, that's great. I love to hear that. As someone who is now living in the freedom that Christ has given you, what does your day to day look like? How do you kind of maintain where you're at today? So that's a good question. Um, I, I love life. I wake up every day and I, I truly am just thankful that I'm alive. I have a wife that loves me. 
I have a child, I have a child on the way. So I think about all the the things that, that I've been given and, you know, he's given me that freedom and it's, it's something that, uh, the way it translates into my day to day is I'm, I'm thankful. Mm. I have, um, you know, I, I have struggled with anxiety in my life. All that's gone now. It's just amazing. I don't know how to describe it, but my day to day used to be, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm anxious about this or that. And, you know, I, I, I can't go here or there cause I'm too anxious, but now I have complete freedom. And, and I, I just, I'm so thankful, thankful that I have, uh, all the things I've been given. And I try to, um, I try to, uh, give that back to him by just speaking his name in my day-to-day life. If I'm, I, I try to mention, it's not a exact science or anything, but I try to mention his name when I'm out and about in the workplace, uh, as much as I can, you know, whenever I have opportunity or even if there's not an opportunity to do it, I try to sneak it in there just because I know that he's the one who's given all these things to me, including that freedom. And it just days used to be dark and somewhat depressing, you know, like I'd wake up and like, oh my gosh, I have this and that or da da da. But now it's like I have the same things before my eyes. I have the same schedule. Nothing's changed as far as, you know, work's getting busier, but you know, I have the same day-to-day life as I had prior other yeah. than the addiction part. But sure. now, you know, I'm thankful. I, I'm just appreciative of the life that I have and uh, I don't want to waste that. Hmm. One, what I think is a simple question may not actually be. So somebody's driving around in their car right now, hearing this episode of the podcast, struggling with addiction, and they're right on the verge of reaching out and getting some help. What, what might you say to them? Take that dive. Just come on. Like if it doesn't even matter where, as long as it's Christ centered and you are willing, just, just go like, just do it. There's, there's the only thing that's holding you back is are evil things. So if you want freedom, just take that first step. You, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to get everything right always, you know, but just do it. Just go, go find, go find the place that is going to bring you freedom because I know, I know you're not happy right now. I, I used to be there. So take that first step and just do it. Mm. That's really encouraging. I'm sure that'll resonate with some of the listeners. Yeah. So one thing I think of too, is like, it sounds like Dan, your, your efforts, to get the help that you needed and overcome addiction. It, it was, took a lot of work. I mean, you, you had to go away. I'm sure there's a cost to that. Um, but it sounds like from your vantage point, it was totally worth mm-hmm. all the time. And absolutely. I, uh, I had to take 30 days off the first time I did it. And I think this, I had to go to rehab twice. And the second time I did it, it was maybe 45 days, but, and I'm, I'm still paying off the debt from a year and a half ago. I'm, I'm getting close, but you know what? It's, it, I would have paid another hundred thousand. I would, it, I don't even care. The, the, the money is irrelevant. Once you obtain freedom, there is no, you, there is no price you can pay to get this, what I have. And, and that's Christ, you know, when I say yeah. that, but it, there it's it, any cost is worth it. So if, if there's somebody out there that, is debating because of money, like you, you got insurance, just figure out a way because even if you have to pay out of pocket, whatever it is, it will be worth it. I, I guarantee it. Like yeah. there's, 
That's a hundred percent. Reminds me of that parable in Matthew 13, Jesus tells where he says the kingdom of God is like this treasure hidden yeah. in a field. And a man comes and he finds it and he goes and he sells everything he has so he can buy that field and, and have that treasure. Mm-hmm. And the, the freedom that you're experiencing, I think is, you know, what, what Jesus is talking about there. It's mm-hmm. this, um, not just sobriety, but it's, I have Christ. I'm, I'm living in that freedom of the kingdom of God. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned that. That's uh, that verse that, that really kind of just hit home right now. Like uh, you know, selling everything you have to go find that treasure, and it's it's a hundred percent worth it. And I would do it again any day. Well, one thing that one opportunity that the Lord has seen fit to raise up at College Park is uh, we've been able to partner with New Day, the ministry that Dan mentioned earlier, and create uh, a. A program, if you will, inside the church to help address addiction needs Mm -hmm. biblically. We call that Recover. That's what we call it here at College Park. Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about what Recover is? Uh, I know you've spent a lot of time helping kind of get this rolling and set this up. Tell us a little bit about Recover. Yeah, Recover really is a partnership between College Park Church and New Day, uh, where we think together we can we can really help people practically who are struggling with addictions with gospel hope. Mm. We think with each of our respective strengths um, that we have a, a lot to offer. So from our vantage point as College Park Church, New Day offers um, experience mm-hmm. and expertise yeah. and just help from their, you know, decades of, of working people with right. people like, like Dan. Um, and then we have people resources, right. you know, people like Dan who have walked through this and have found freedom and can now learn how to walk alongside others. So we've created various ways that we together can walk alongside families who are being impacted with by addictions. And we all want to do that in a way that's Christ centered, clinically informed, which is, I think is what new day brings to the the picture with their expertise. Mm -hmm. But then it's also church based that, that the local church is a place where we have resources to offer for people. I think that's great. So, so if someone is thinking about reaching out for a program like this, Jeff, what can they expect after they fill out the form or whatever it is to get going. Yeah. Yeah. So first step is one of our trained people will meet with them to hear their story, learn a little bit more about the struggle that they're experiencing. And then we kind of work to assess what's the level of need that they have. And so we have a variety of resources we can offer depending on the level of need that they have all the way up to, you know, programs that New Day offers like the inpatient program that Dan went through all the way down to, you know, kind of peer mentorship, walking one-on-one and and everything in between. And so we develop a plan, a a care plan for them of things that we recommend that they go through. And then we try to get them plugged in and Mm -hmm. and help them in that process. Yeah, that's great. I love the sitting and hearing someone's story and not just a necessarily a one size fits all kind of yeah. approach. It's really yeah. helpful. Yeah. So Dan, let me throw this question to you. So you've been serving in recover. What do you do in recover? Like what role do you fill and what made it motivates you to give your time and energy to this ministry? So right now I'm helping lead uh, with another gentleman. Um, so I, I help uh, guide the group. We all get together uh, every Wednesday. Uh, it's a really good group. I'm really motivated by 
helping others just simply from the vantage point of freedom is everybody should have it. Everybody should be able to be free and to live life like we were created to live. So I, I really um, am motivated by uh, just by that freedom. I want people to taste that. I want people to experience it. So when people come in uh, from, and it doesn't even matter, you know, we're all different, different walks of life, uh, but we all get together and we get along, you know, because we have that common thread going through out of all of us and because we have that uh, commonality if that's a word you know christ can be intertwined into that and and actually show that he you know we have something greater in common we don't just struggle with addiction we have the ability to come to christ and, and get that freedom that that everyone desires and uh, few find it but to those who do find it it's it's a new life it's it's like winning the lottery 12 times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. I love that. That's my favorite kind of story. Someone who has struggled helping those who struggle yeah. in a similar way. If that's not God redeeming something, I don't know what is. Yeah. So, so Jeff, if someone is looking to get help through recover right now, how would they go about doing yeah. that? The best way would be to go to yourchurch.com forward slash recover. And they can read a little bit about the ministry there, but there's a, a link there to fill out a real short form, just like three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get that. And we reach out to that person to set up that time to hear their story and, and work on developing a plan for them. Okay. So yourchurch.com forward slash recover. Yep. That's where you would go. Well, Dan, thanks so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Uh, what a great story. My, yeah. my heart is full. Just really grateful for that. For those of you listening, we will put link to recover and some other resources in the show notes if you want to grab those. Like the podcast, share the podcast, you know the drill. I'm going to ask each of you to share it with three people this week. Share this episode with three people who maybe don't already listen to the podcast and we'll continue to see it grow. And we'll be back next time with more on the Soul Care Matters podcast. You've been listening to the Soul Care Matters Podcast, a ministry of College Park Church. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or show topic ideas at soulcarematterspod at gmail.com.